This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Stepping on board the IS-9 is nothing if not a roll of the dice. So, if you're going to take that chance, at least have some really gorgeous, high-quality, unique RPG dice to roll with. Fan Roll by Metallic Dice Games have classic metallic dice sets, but also gemstones, acrylic, liquid core, and even a glow-in-the-dark option that's super cool and super handy when you can't find any night vision goggles. So many colors, materials, and designs to choose from. Plus, listeners to this show get 10% off your order. I'm guessing as a sort of consolation prize for listening to this show. Just use the code OZ9 at checkout. Get dice that are as unique as you and your character. Go now to fanrolldice.com and choose your dice, Space Monkeys, and get 10% off with code OZ9 at checkout. There are a few firsts in a man's life that he never forgets. The first time he locks eyes on the love of his life, holding his child in his arms the first time. The first time he recites, flawlessly and fluently, the sixth sick sheep's sixth sheep's sick. And the first time he is forced to eat a banana spam sandwich with tomatoes, boiled okra, and vanilla frosting on kudzu bread. To the subway employee who miberated for the gluey, limp inadequacy of their bread and the substandard freshness of their fillings, I am profoundly sorry. I've been on the Oz 9 for about 48 hours now, a vacation from sanity I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. The lack of urgency that is the hallmark of this crew, I at first attributed to the soporific effect of the mold, which was, it appears, created not to destroy the alien plants, but rather to lull them into a harmless stupor. Surely, I thought, their effect must extend to humans, it's the only explanation. But no. Lazy is skin deep. This kind of indolent ignorance runs to the bone. Gah! What the hell are you? Did you want to see me? Ah! <gasps> Jesus, Colin. And yes, I did. Well, you're out of luck. Elite's still filling up my bath with juniper berry lotion, so I'm not visible yet. I thought he did that yesterday. He must have made 50 trips up to the 94th level gathering up all those wee bottles. Well, the bath is full, but the lotion is quite chilly. Leet is trying to devise a way to warm it up for me. Oh, God, I shouldn't ask, but how? Taping toast around the outside of the tub. Really? I don't know, do I? 
Whatever he's doing, it's probably dangerous, inefficient, and short-lived. But as long as I don't have to splooch into a tub of cold mayonnaise... Splooch? Might we move on to another subject? Why did you want to speak to me? Tell him, Mad Pants. I overheard a bit of conversation between Dr. Theo and Mrs. Sheffield. It's probably nothing, but... Are you one of them? One of who? Who? Mm, I assure you. Why this sudden and utterly inappropriate need to correct everyone's grammar? Shut it. Both of you. That thing you said a few times in the bio swamp. Apparently, it means something. What thing? I say a lot of things. I'm not sure exactly. Long may it... Leather? Later? It was kind of muffled. I have no idea what you're talking about. And now I'm going to go ensure Leet hasn't set himself ablaze, then settle into my tub. With luck, the next time you see me, you'll actually see me. Fine, but just know that the Doc and Mrs. S and Mr. Shiny Shorts, they have their concerns about you. And now so do you, I assume. Of course not. When have you ever lied to us? Is that sarcasm? Huh? Oh, it's not. Seriously? Horace? Wife? Goodness. Hey, uh, Colin, your bath is almost ready, but I had to open a window to let the smell of toast and sterno out. Open a window? Metaphorically speaking. Metaphor- Well, that's it. I have set a new unofficial world's record for longest bewilderment. Okay, as long as we're all here, I'd like to talk about the original crew, sort of. I mean, minus Joe, unless he's back to blending in with the wallpaper. Okay, guess not. I don't know about you all, but I kind of miss when it was just us and Colin was visible and the scariest thing on the ship was the look on Joe's face when you got swamp mud on the linoleum. And Olivia hitting you with a blast of rancid cabbage, exhaust fumes, and caramel from the aromatherapy. I miss feeling safe. You felt safe? Uh, didn't you think one of us was trying to kill you? That's true. I guess I miss feeling only one person was trying to kill me. Oh, those carefree, halcyon days of yore. We weren't safe then, of course. The plants were already on board. Still, I do miss the old days. <laughs> Funny how none of us misses Earth, though, right? That is strange. I didn't even think about Earth. Neither did I. I mean, I have family back there. Yeah. The last time any of us was truly safe was before we set foot on an Oz ship. I guess that means we're all each other's family now, right? All right. Before we get goopier than Colin's bathtub, do we have a circle of trust here? Yeah. As dysfunctional a family as we may be, can we agree to have each other's backs? And fronts. And fronts. Yes. Yep. Aye. Here! They're not taking attendance, you numpty. Don't start. Who else can we trust? The albatross? She tried to shove me into space. That was ages ago. Surely you don't hold a grudge. Hold a grudge? Holding a grudge is for trying to steal my boyfriend or eating the last slice of papyrus papizza. Trying to pitch someone out on airlock is a tad more serious, don't you reckon? And she seems to be in cahoots with Mrs. S and Co. You don't trust Mrs. Sheffield? I trust no one about whom the word cahoots might be used. Yeah. I mean, I guess she is kind of cahooty. Donna! You don't trust your wife? He thinks she bumped her head when she fell out of that plane. 
I don't think she bumped her head. <laughs> you think she fell 14,000 feet and didn't bump her head? Well, of course she bumped her head. She bumped everything. That's not what I... Why am I having this argument again? What about Greg? We can trust him, can't we? He was a bomb. Well, yeah, but he didn't want to be. Wow, I had totally forgotten about that. That's because you kept skipping out on your 30-minute shifts for punching in his code. I had captaining to do! I trust Greg, but he's got lots of functions even he doesn't know about. So does Colin. Excuse me? Ooh, that's true. Don't be absurd. I may have random useless powers, but no scientists are making me eat weird things as a research project. Ooh, are we sure about that? Did you have any of Leet's rabid egret egg omelette this morning? Oh, wow. What if this whole thing is some crazy research project? What if we're really in a, like, a biodome in the desert? Hang on. Leet and I have both been outside. That's definitely space out there. Oh, yeah. Right. Still... Dr. Von Halfbait? Wasn't he trying to heal the Bichon Prise? Oh, yeah. And the French Poodle is a definite no. He hasn't tried to kill anyone in a while, though. Are we sure about that? He's a terrible assassin. Maybe he's trying all the time. He's just not succeeding. Fair point. Dr. Theo. <sighs> I hate to say it, but I don't think so. Why not? Kahooty. Uh, is that everyone? The 778 is a definite no. What about Joe? He's truly odd, but I don't feel unsafe around him. I mean, there's always the initial shock of discovering he's in the room, but I'm starting to understand how that feels from his perspective. We are forgetting one. Who? Olivia. Olivia. We have to consider it. I mean, think about it. She melted down the D&G wing so she could wake us up. And I hate to say it, but I don't think we were the only crew that got awakened. Oh, God. I really don't want to think we can't trust her. I mean, the random electric shocks and occasionally getting gas because she gets bored of listening to us fine, but... Jesse, why were you awake? On the 6748, Dick said the microwave in crew room 11 shorted out. Your AI woke you up because of a microwave? Yeah, it did seem a bit flimsy at the time. It wasn't even on fire. Well, if he hadn't, you'd be a bunch of space bits floating out there for eternity. That is true. Still hate him, though. You really do hold a grudge. Again? Murdery? Hard to let that go. So, did we decide about Olivia? Yeah, we can trust her. You can. We don't all have your... assets. I don't think it's his assets she cares about, but point taken. I'm inclined to trust her, though. If mostly because it scares the crap out of me to think otherwise. Same. Where is she, by the way? Probably trotting around inside Greg. So, now that we've decided all this, what do we do about it? What can we do about it? What if we... try to take back control of the ship? Take back? Fine. Take control of the ship. Whatever. How? The only way to do that is to get rid of the plants. Well, so much for that idea. Perhaps an escape pod? There's gotta be a way. They must have some sort of weakness. A clink in their armor. Clink? We just have to figure out what it is. This episode is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Captain's Log, Stardate. 
I don't know, there's like 140 stars within a mile of me, so we're going to skip that bit. We received a package today from a company called Shaker and Spoon, and Colin and Jesse are already face deep in the box. It has three recipes for creating cocktails, plus all the ingredients you need, minus the alcohol. As someone who's been gargling swamp pooch for the last how many forevers I've been up here, wow. We got the vodka brunch box. Each recipe makes four servings, and we've already had the blood and sage and the slow rush. So easy to make, even Greg the Zebra was tending bar, and the results were magnificent. If you're foolish enough to listen to this show, we've got an actual smart thing for you to do. $20 off any linked subscription if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Get a box delivered to your airlock each month and $20 off your subscription at shakerandspoon.com slash OZ number nine. Enjoy, Space Monkeys. Captain out. At the Ron Howard School of Expository Sciences, the first thing you're taught is the narrator's prime directive. Narrators must never interfere with the natural development of plot lines. I could turn on this intercom right now and tell them that olive oil kills the plants, but I took the Attenborough Oath. Does the fate of the crew, this ship, my god, the, the entire galaxy rest in my hands? Sir, it's time for the final stage of the evacuation to begin. The vents are nearly aligned for the sulfuric spew. <sighs> Surely we can find a less disgusting name for what's about to happen. Oh, we're going to poison the planet, killing most of the life forms on it, whilst buggering off to a soon-to-be terraformed planet many light years away. And you're concerned about what we call it. Well, someday, Felonius, someone will write the history of this moment when a few brave souls, the last... Scrappy but impeccably dressed remnants of the human race sacrificed their home so that humanity might survive elsewhere. I prefer our courageous relocation not to be referred to as the human spew. It's the sulfuric spew, sir. Well, can we just get the word spew out of it entirely? Now it sounds funny. Spew. Uh, how do you spell it? No idea, sir. Are you ready to take your place aboard the Oz Ark ship? We're not actually using an Oz 8000 for us, are we? I thought that was a sort of wink-wink inside joke while we have the Tesla detailed. We are taking an Oz ship, sir. But this Oz 8000 is different. How so? It was made to fly. In space. Oh. How very novel. Do we have the four sacred objects? They are all collected aboard the Oz-9, just as we expected that they would be. Mm, and with the ship's AI in corporeal form, we can begin transferring the plants back to Earth as soon as the Nine reaches... Uh, uh, how do you say their planet name again? <coughs> oh, are you quite all right, Felonius? I am, sir. That's the name of their planet. Uh, how have I never known that? Because every time someone says the planet name around you, you send them to the nurse, sir. Oh, my God. First, spew, and now, say it again, Felonius. 
and more flim, sir, with a sort of gurgly death rattle at the end. <laughs> How are the historians going to spell that? Yes, that is the most pressing question of the hour, sir. Uh, well, how long before the spew? Roughly seven more episodes, sir. Uh, are we the cliffhanger, then? I suspect so, sir. Very good. You may take a candy from my hand. Oh, what an honor, sir. Mm, it's quite warm. Where were you keeping these? Explain to me again how this uh, transfer of plants and planets will work. We've worked out the exchange rate for every plant that comes aboard the Oz-9 from... <coughs> Someone from Pod Bay 3 will be exchanged to our new planet. It's a bit tricky since it's not a one-for-one ship-to-earth trade. But our Nubbles people assure me it'll work. Once all the Pod Bay 3 inhabitants are safely in the biodome of our new home planet, we'll switch the coordinates. As plants come to Earth from the Oz-9, one of the evacuees, that's us, sir, is taken from the Ozark to the new planet. Hmm. This all sounds terribly fragile. I agree, sir. But the scientists in charge of managing the swaps will be with us on the Ark, assuring us some measure of trust. Then what are we waiting for? The last piece, sir. Dr. Von Habersetz's AI. We need it to fly the Ark and allow the space door to stay open long enough to complete all the exchanges. Can we trust it? Not for a nanosecond. But we're bringing its pet monkey aboard. As well as the doctor. That should give it reason enough to see us safely to the new planet. Once there, the sacred objects and the one will be brought together to conduct the terraforming burning themselves out in the process, and ensuring no one can follow us. Hmm, I must say, Valonius, this is all coming together rather nicely. No one is more surprised than I, sir, except possibly the writer. Well, I'm going to have a shower. I shall miss the shower, Dorian. Uh, cue up the Admiral's speech on the intercoms, will you? One last listen before we depart. Very good, sir. Well, I guess that sealed it. We have even less time than we thought. How do you know this? Know what? That the, the timeline has accelerated. Didn't you just hear that conversation? I did, but we had no idea of the original timeline, nor do we know the current one, so how do we know we have less time than previously? Is this important right now? Far be it from me to say the devil is in the details, but here I am. Oh, hang on. That might be Julie. Hello? Hello, Benjamin. This is Sheffield here. Why are you calling me? Aren't you, like, just over there? Oh, heavens, no. I'm on the Oz 9 now. What? Who is it? What's happening? Mrs. Sheffield is on the Oz-9! Oh yes, I knew that. You knew that? Oh, slightly less hysteria, please, Ben. You're making Greg's kidneys rattle. Who's Greg? Who's Greg? Seriously. 
He's a zebra with the phone. The entire galaxy is just a giant asylum, isn't it? Have you never met Wonka the same? Mrs. Sheffield, perhaps we could stick to the point. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Very well. Um, yes. Uh, look, Benjamin, my boy, I'd love to chat more about your tenuous grip on reality, but time is of the essence. Um, is Pluto with you? Yes. The ancient god, who is the king of hell, is standing next to me in golden short shorts. And I'm about to hand him a cell phone so he can talk to a British spy in space on a ship full of hostile plants that want to kill us all and take over the Earth! Can you hold, please? Oh, don't be pert, Benjamin. It doesn't suit you. Is Julie there as well? Julie is on golf ball collection duty. Julie is? You put your botanist and best, I mean, sorry, only strategist on golf ball duty? She is the strongest swimmer amongst us. Does that really seem like the best allocation of resources? Well, let that one go for now, shall we? <laughs> yes, we've gathered the four sacred objects up here, but we seem to be missing our tie that binds them. Um, you haven't seen a, a tiny greenish-hued artificial intelligence, have you? Rather Dickensian urchin-sounding. You'll love a dackle there. Isn't that... Olivia? The ship's AI is on Earth? Who's flying the ship? Oh, come on now. Now don't get your Yankee overalls unbuckled at one shoulder now. <laughs> is that how it goes? How what goes? American idioms are such a minefield of confusion, aren't they? Lean on with some urgency, Clara. Uh, yeah, could we hurry this up? Long distance calls make me have to tingle. Gentlemen, Jeez. even over the phone, huh? Good to know. Hello, Mrs. S. Everyone? Ah, Joseph. Still wearing the belt, are we? Keeps me off Tiberius's radar. Fine, but you might have brought enough for the whole class. I still don't understand the plan. We've got a crap ton of golf balls, but there's no way we can hit every golf course in the world in time. Again, I must ask how you know how much time we have. Not now. We need to find Olivia. Have you no sensors? Not for her corporeal form, no. I've checked my insides. She's not there. She's away from the four sacred objects, so surely that's not a good thing? Not particularly. Remember what we just heard from Tiberius and Philonius. Oh lord, now what? Ah, nope. Let me guess. They've uh, discovered a way to give everyone on Earth a really nasty paper cut on their way out. Mm, not exactly. They want Olivia because they want to make her the AI of their escape ship, the Oz Ark. And then exhaust her power and the power of the sacred objects in transforming another planet for themselves and the occupants of Pod Bay 3. If she's powering the Oz Ark, they'll likely force her to bring that ship alongside the Oz 9 to have the objects in close proximity. Ooh. No, Patek. Didn't Colin say one of the pod bay occupants was already missing? Or what? Poot what? Poot. No, uh, never mind. Um, it, it's possible the occupants of pod bay 3 are being slowly awakened to be ready to grab the sacred objects once the exchanges of plants and humans are complete. Man, every day is just worse than the last. And I really have to tingle. You can't let them get hold of her. You need to find Olivia and get her back to the Oz-9. But 
We found the sacred objects up here. Do we have any idea what will happen if the 401 are all together? Long may it last. No. Damn it. Uh, there are some uh, sacred books in the showeratorium that might shed some light. We've looked all over that place. I don't remember any sacred books. They're behind the pornography. Oh. Get the books. Get the urchins. Get Malik. Wait, let me speak to Donna. She's not here. I can relay a message. What do you want me to tell her? Tell her I yearn for the sweet, rounded vowels of her Minnesota homeland. I pine for the heat of her hand on my arm. I hunger for her maple-flavored lips and deceptively hackneyed-sounding wisdom. Tell her... No, I'll let her know that you say hi. Hi. You've been listening to Eric Perry as Joe and Howard, Sarah Golding as Mrs. Sheffield, David S. Deere as Tiberius, June Clark Eubanks as the Albatross, Aaron Clark as Ben, Richard Cowan as Leet, Kevin Hall as Greg and Felonius, Tim Sherburn as Colin and Emily, Bonnie Brantley as Jesse, Lee Shackelford as Pluto, Shannon Perry as Madeline, Kyle Jones as Narrator 2, and me, Richard Nadalny, as your narrator. Our music is by John Faley. Our artwork is by Lucas Elliott. Oz9 is written and produced by Shannon Perry. Support us on Patreon by going to our website, oz-9.com, and following the links. Until next time, Space Monkeys, narrator out. Who's there? Me. I am. Just step forward. I can't see you. <gasps> what the hell happened to your other half? Flattened by an alligator. An unfortunate but necessary sacrifice. What's he saying? I have no idea, but it probably includes the words there and tater tot. Okay, please, just tell me, where are we? On a boat, at sea. I see you brought your microphone. Oh yes, narrator code. We never travel without it. It looks very much like the one the other fellow had. Oh sure, you know, it actually does. But his is a next-gen Audio-Technica AT2035 with built-in broadcast capabilities. Can you believe it? I won't even be able to look at one of these until I pass my boards. Where did your microphone come from? Oh, you mean this old thing? I didn't even pay for this. I found it in the basement of MCCACEC. But eh, it cleaned up nice though, don't you think? It glows with purpose. Hush, dear. Do you think I might borrow your microphone just for a while? Oh, I hate to be rude, but you see, a microphone is kind of like the nib on a fountain pen. Once it's set for one person's speech patterns and oral resonance, it doesn't work very well for everyone else. And if someone else uses it differently, it just, it's never the same. And yet, I think you will allow me to borrow it. Oh, I would really rather not. And since I have arms, and you don't, 
I don't see how you're going to get it from me. Small c, right bracket, small s, capital F, question mark, colon, capital Z, numeral 6, numeral 2, capital S. I beg you. I suspected as much. How kind of Leet to teach us his password guessing methods. Now to retrieve his microphone. Howard. Howard. With me. I need you to move your leg. Howard. Crap. I do love to be beside the seaside. Kane. Fields. Are we ever going to use our real names again? As far as I can remember. So what have you scoped out in this weird town? It exists in a, in a matter of matters. A demon held by tongs by the tongue. <laughs> Get back, wild beast. Your tempered souls cannot touch this soil. As far as I can remember. I think the freest I've ever been was when I was dressed up as Hobbs the Tiger from Calvin and Hobbs for the Halloween. Mock turtle soup. One calf's head. Juice of half a lemon. As far as I can remember. Canaan Fields, Day Trippers. Solve the mystery of Twomey St. Dunstan's. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Look to the sea. Wayland's assembled a team. They're inside already. This was a risky gamble. There will be consequences for the both of you. Mm, don't threaten me with a good time. I thought you said this would be a quick in and out job! Did, did, did I say that? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm drawing a blank here, Johnny. Peace of mind. Is that what you call it? You think that what you've given me is peace of mind? I knew you'd come out on the other side. That's just you, right? You never give up. Unless you're giving up on me. It's always raining in Neo-Atlantis. It can't rain all the time. That'll be enough, Mr. Indri. Enough conversation. You have a job to do. Finish it. Kill them. Return Alex Webb to us. The sentiment will surely get me killed in the process, but I mean, none of us get out of this life alive. Am I right? Cybernautica Breakwall, Cybernautica Undertow. A production of Red Fathom Entertainment. Presented by the Fable and Folly Network. Listen to both complete series now. Welcome to Neo-Atlantis.